2: and let's talk about what lessons we found. Let's hang out! And let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out! Let's hang out! Hey everyone, and welcome back to Let's Hang Out, the podcast that you're probably listening to on a cross-country road trip with your queer best friend. I'm your host from the West Coast,
1: Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida, and we are so excited to bring you Episode 2 of Season 2, Stranger Danger. <laughs> 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 to those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. And if you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. This week in the Lesdam. This week in the Lesdom, we want to talk about live shows which we're very excited about. We're in the works to get those going, so please let us know where you want to see us. We're really excited to meet more of you in person.
2: We so want to see you guys in person. It's so much fun to actually meet meet everyone and get to talk to you guys. We are doing a Patreon push to get new patrons because it's a great community. We've been having a lot of fun with some of the new stuff that we have. We have a Facebook group. Um, We're getting to know a little bit more about the the people who support us, and it's been great. You can become a patron for as little as $1 a month. You get more exclusive access to behind-the-scenes of the podcast. You get blooper reels. You get uh, videos with some of our guests. Um, And you get to join that Facebook group, and it's a lot of fun. So, if you want to join before September 17th, uh, you will get a chance to be featured on an episode. Uh, that's a lot of fun. We did it last season. We had a great time. We highly recommend it. Oh, yeah. And we are
1: ridiculously excited to be expanding more into YouTube <laughs> this year with more consistent queer content for you. We'll be releasing weekly videos on our channel. So, make sure to subscribe. Be the first one to see them.
2: You are not going to want to miss these, they're great. I'm so pumped. Uh, other things that we want to talk about: some stuff that's been going on lately. Um, we recorded episode one before the VMAs, so we did our whole 2018 and didn't get a chance to talk about Hayley Kiyoko winning Push Artist of the Year, which is amazing on its own. Uh, also, her dedicating her award to queer women of color and screaming "2018" uh, <laughs> was just delightful. It was delightful.
1: Will literally be a video played on repeat all
2: year it was delightful it was lovely uh so we just want to say again
1: congrats hayley Kyoko. well done well done we're all excited amazing and we have also another queer woman who has achieved a crazy milestone which is that ruby rose (laughs) is now playing batwoman and is the first queer actor to be playing a queer superhero which is freaking amazing As the lead, as the lead of a show, which is
2: just, which is huge. So I know, you know, people have a lot of feelings about this. We will, they'll be coming up in some upcoming episodes, but we just wanted to mention that it's happening because it's still big. You know, whatever your feelings about the casting, I think we can all agree. It's a huge milestone. It's big for the community. And so that's, that's a thing that we wanted to mention in, in what's happening in the lesdom. (laughs) Yes. It's like we have a segment for the Lesdem and things going on in
1: <laughs> And that's that for this week in the Lesdem.
2: We didn't really plan out uh, a sign off for these, so we're just going to end with that was this week in the Lesdem.
1: And back to you, Ellie and Lee. <laughs> <laughs>
2: This episode, we are super excited that we're going to be talking to Zoe Chow, the star of Strangers, which is a Facebook Watch series. If you haven't watched it yet, Season 1 is out and we are right in the middle of Season 2 out on Facebook now.
1: Hey Zoe, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you so
3: much for having me.
2: For our listeners who aren't familiar with the show, could you tell us in a a brief synopsis what is Strangers? Yes,
3: totally. So Strangers is a dramedy series on Facebook Watch's platform. Um, We are in the middle of rolling out the second season, like you said, and on every Sunday at 9 p.m., a new episode comes out. We have three more of the second season to unveil. Mm -hmm. So season one, my character Isabel Song has to rent out the extra room in her home to a revolving door of eccentric guests. Uh, So each episode is features a new stranger, and it's about her navigating the messiness of her late 20s, her newfound bisexuality, and the things that one can learn in the most unexpected places and unexpected people. And then in season two, we move from Los Angeles to the great city of New York, and Isabel becomes the renter. So each episode, she auditions a different neighborhood and borough, in an effort to find the right home.
1: So the move from L.A. to New York, that mirrors your life too, right? Because you were filming in L.A. before, and now you are filming in New York. Is that correct?
3: Yes, correct. Uh, actually, a week after we wrapped season one, I moved to New York. Wow. Was that planned? or? Yeah, I mean, season one, man, there is so much of our lives. Uh, when I say our, I'm referring to Mia Ladovsky who's the creator and uh, writer and uh, executive producer and showrunner and director of of the series um we've been really good friends for a very long time and much of our lives uh are, is woven into to both of these seasons but specifically season one and so it's really hard to parse out like what inspired what <laughs> but yeah i i had always wanted to live in new york yeah it's been a great move for me
1: So this is your first time living in New York. It
3: is, but I'm from the East Coast. I'm from Providence, Rhode Island, and so is Mia. I mean, New York is its own strange land, uh, and it feels very new to me, but there's also something familiar about just being back on the East Coast because I was on the west west side of the United States for eight years, and... um, in many ways, it does feel like a return to home.
2: So, tell us a little bit about um, how strangers kind of came into creation. I mean, it's something you and Mia sort of dreamed up together, created together.
3: It was her her idea. She came to me and was like, "Hey, I have this this idea." Um, we so we met when we were three years old on the first day of nursery. Oh, <laughs> yeah, she was. Crying, I she was a young three year old, and I was an old three year old. So by the time I went to school, I was like, Let's do this, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Come here, kid, <laughs> stick with me. And we went on to you know be on the same soccer team and trick or treat every Halloween, and um, yeah, I mean, we she left for a year to go to boarding school, but for the most part, we were at the same school all the way until we graduated, and then we went to different colleges and then refound found each other in L.A., and she was doing, at that time, a ton of airbnb because her job took her everywhere, and she was assisting uh, directors and then was a producer for this production company who ended up producing Strangers, and so she had this gem of an idea and said what if we, um, did it together? And that was like four years ago.
2: But, but I have to ask, uh, what exactly is an old three-year-old? Is that like, it's a three-year-old who's, who's seen more wise in the ways of the world? Like a three-year-old who's seen some shit? Like <laughs> Good question, Lee. It, no,
3: it's that I, my, my birthday's in September. So, um,
2: so you actually mean you like legitimately mean literally older three year old. <laughs> yeah, right. So like okay. she was young
3: for you know how you're if you're on the cusp you can either she's I, like I get she's it. a year younger than me her birthday yeah and so um and I just think that's actually a really big thing <laughs> when you're starting school and it can really set set a tone, you know?
2: No, it doesn't. I'm picturing like a three year old like smoking cigarettes in the corner of the playground, like, I you know, I'm not your average three year old.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I've been waiting for this moment forever. Let's get it popping. And Mia was like, I could use some more time with mom and dad, which I would have been the exact same way a year before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Mia is for all intents and purposes Cam and you are Isabel in some sort of way. Yeah, in a lot of ways, this series
3: is uh, an ode to that our friendship. She, I think, Mia. I mean, Isabel is an. I think of her as a hybrid of the both of us. But yeah, Cam's physicality is is more of a, a Mia. I would say like five years ago.
1: <laughs> and so, what what parts specifically of the friendship do you think most closely resemble yours and Mia's? Oh, man. I think style-wise, Cam is dressed
3: very much um, out of Mia's closet from a certain time. Uh, And I think also a lot of my clothes made it in first season. Mia is, I mean, she's kind of been directing me my whole life, our our whole life. But, I mean, she gets excited about things I wear and then is like, can we get those denim shorts? And I'm like, you know, she has like a steel trap memory. So, Uh, that's a really boring example of how (laughs) our friendship is the
1: the like the closeness between you two and the like years of history and all that kind of stuff oh
3: yeah i mean we were like gosh there there is a three sort of like the Bella Pac of our late 20s we were just living (laughs) together and just like navigating weird los angeles just bouncing all over the place and And hooking up and making mistakes and commiserating and (laughs) stressing the F out about career stuff. And I mean, really, this project came at a point in our lives where, oh, man, like we were still reaching for dreams. I mean, we had these dreams, but like I was working at Chateau Marmont, Bar Marmont, and she was assisting really wonderful director. And it was like, but wait, we want to be we're not we would like to be doing this thing that we've set out to do Mm -hmm. and haven't done yet and so it was such a great vehicle for both of us
1: and because of strangers you are now doing the thing yes
3: yeah which is just mind-blowing we were hanging out on Tuesday night we went to this premiere of this movie Skate Kitchen which is a really cool um new film out about a, a bunch of girl skaters um and Amazing. I'm in. Yeah. And we were just like in hot, sweaty New York, just like with both of our backpacks on, just like figuring out what we were doing. And and it, in some ways, was so reminiscent of, like, life four years ago and in some ways so, like, whoa, here we are on the other side of this massive ride that we've been on together that's been really, like, challenging at times on our relationship, too, you know? And But, like, it was so gratifying to be just, like, to just return as friends and just bouncing around and, and in some yeah. ways a lot has changed and in some ways nothing has changed
2: well you, you use the word vehicle and so i i want to jump in a little bit to uh some of the things that we love about the show about strangers um and how it has so much representation um, cuz there's a, there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot yeah, of Yeah we were basically <laughs> saying
1: we we're like every underrepresented minority is represented and it's just like this beautiful yeah, yeah it's this beautiful like conglomeration there's so much in there people it's the
3: world that mia wants to live in which is really great
1: so
2: one of the things that we wanted to start with was first of all as someone who is sort of playing like uh, a leading character um in a series like this as a woman of color um which still is i mean not all that common to find these days um one of the things that we wanted to know is what was um what would you say was like the first time that you felt like you saw yourself really represented in media yeah
3: it's such a good question lee um you know uh <laughs> that's what's been so moving about leading this show is that i looked back uh i looked back and try to remember, like, who were the women that I turned to in the media to sort of understand my place in the world. And mm. it was, like, I've said this before in other new interviews, but, like, I, man, it was, like, Tia Carrera in Wayne's World, Connie Chung on the nightly news, and, like, Christy <laughs> Yamaguchi, um, you know, yeah. in, like, the 19-whatever Olympics. And never once did I feel like, oh, th- that's an extension of me, though. I mean, I was like, oh, there are right those are three Asian women that I see sometimes.
2: (laughs) On screen, yeah.
3: But it was really confusing, and it has remained confusing. um, And that is, like, the most moving part about this whole experience is that there are young Asian women, Asian American women, coming up to me on the street being like, Dude, Mm -hmm. you're me, and I'm you. (laughs) And I get to watch you. Like, I just spent the weekend with you. And, like, it's crazy. I've never seen myself reflected by the media. And that, yeah. to me, just makes my long arm hair stand up. And I'm just like, F, this is great. <laughs> you know? Because my, my sister yeah. and I didn't have that. And, and I remember we were doing an interview with Sarita Choudhury. Um, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her last name wrong. But she is iconic. Um, and she is, plays uh, Cam's aunt in, this, in season two. She was asked like if there was any other character you could play on the show who would it be and Sarita said Zoe's role Isabel because I never got to to be sort of the protagonist who moves through the world and responds to it and I was like I would have killed 20 years ago to have watched a series with Sarita in this part and I I would have I needed it um and it's 2018 and in a lot of ways it seems like wow we're only just doing this but to foreground like. A face like mine, which it which doesn't just land in the Asian checkbox, which doesn't just land in the white checkbox, and very much biracial, and and received as such, it's it's been an interesting ride.
2: Well, and I think it's not just um, it's not just less common to see, uh, you know, any sort of non-white person lead like, in the leading role, in that protagonist role, but also, especially for queer audiences, like, seeing someone in that role, in that position, who's also queer, is even, like, less and less common, you know? Like, getting the, the queer characters of color is, like, non, non-existent.
3: Totally radical. I know. it Because it, it does some, sometimes feel like the only otherness that we, as people of color, are allowed to claim no, that, that actually that that our race is like the only otherness that we are allowed to claim. So to to put on top of that something else that is like challenging for for heteronormative uh, America to grasp. Like, yeah, it's it is very special. That I think, especially in season two, we're exploring Isabel within the bi sphere. So she's biracial, bisexual, and now bi coastal.
1: Oh. I like wish you could see my face because <laughs> I my my face is not up on Skype. I'm like close to tears. <sighs> I just like feel like it is it is so meaningful to have you in this role. Yeah. I just wanted to say that. So I just really, really appreciate it. And that's like why we wanted to have you on. We're like so as queer women, <laughs> it's so hard to see yourself represented that we it's just it's amazing to to see it. Yeah. Oh. So I- Thank you. That's Thank all. Thank you. Getting emotional. Yeah. No.
3: I'm. I'm getting goosebumps again. Um. It. It feels like the luckiest thing ever to be a vessel for this. Like. Um. Because it really should be so many different actresses and actors in my position, and I. I hope that's coming, and to be a part of the change is really monumentous for for me. But it's also yeah. like yeah. it's also really. It's been an interesting thing because I, um, as Zoe Chow, do not identify as bisexual. I am uh, straight. And in the past four years, it's consistently been something that I worry about because I do think the queer narrative mm-hmm. should be represented by um, queer individuals. And But I, I do very much understand what it is like to move through this world uh, as not the dominant or the accepted norm and it's just it's really cool to foreground a bis- like a positive bisexual narrative my sister mm-hmm. is is bi um actually she identifies as pansexual and she daily assures me there's no shame in being straight
2: <laughs> <laughs> we, we say all the yeah, time we, I we feel have like we lots have that of too yeah a family that we love who are straight it's okay <laughs>
3: <laughs> right but it's it is it, it is um Yeah, it's it's a wild thing because I I am really sensitive to that, and the highest compliment anyone has ever (laughs) said was, uh, "Yeah, that they just they they could not believe that I was straight."
1: (laughs) (laughs) Says
2: a lot about your acting. I mean, I will say there are straight people who play it a lot less convincingly on screen. There's there's (laughs) definitely that for sure. Jenny's
1: (laughs) Jenny's <laughs> off. Oh,
2: we don't know what we're talking about. Uh, but no, That's I mean, fine. but it is, I think, you know, I, I mean, absolutely. We always say like, you know, we, it's great when you have queer actors getting to play queer roles. Um, that doesn't mean only queer actors can play queer roles, but I still think, you know, in terms of what we see on screen, I think what I love about Isabel is that she's exploring her sexuality still, but she still is very confident in that sexuality, You know, Mm. it's new, she's learning about it, but it's not, you know, like, I think it's something that we've talked about in episodes um, that we've done in the past, is, like, bisexuality is a a real thing, it's a valid identity, it doesn't, it's not always, like, this gateway identity, you know, like, I think Cam calls her out at one point in the first season about, like, you know, you're such a self-hating lesbian, you can't stop calling yourself bisexual, and, like, that is a real thing that people... get told and hear, you know, and so I think having, having Isabelle's character be so confidently bisexual, even while she's kind of figuring out what that means for her, um, is great.
3: Yeah, oh, cool, that's so great to hear. Yeah, I mean, it's so, it's, it's often demonized, or entirely, like, looked over, and, uh, you know, because I think it is such a, it defies categorization, you know, like, it's, it's like a real threat to Mm -hmm. the dichotomy, and, um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's really cool that Mia was like, "Let's try to like shift like shift the narrative of queer."
2: Yeah, well, and I think sh- shifting the narrative too. The other thing that I love about that, and it's such a small thing to have made its way in, is I loved um, when we meet Isabel's brother in season one, that Ezra's adopted, right, and and he's white. Uh, yeah, and I just love that because I feel like that is—it's such a subtle little thing to flip on its head, you know—that I feel like most of what yeah. we would see in the media would always be the other way around, you know.
3: Totally, and also that—that that I have a white mom. My mom is white, and my dad is Chinese. But it, you know, often if you ever see, I mean, it, it, the more typical um, union is like an Asian woman and a white.
2: Yeah, the stereotypical that you would expect, absolutely.
3: Yeah. And so, yeah, there's, we're subverting every ch- every chance we can get, which sometimes feels like a lot in one episode. <laughs> but,
1: um, it's, but it's great. The, the thing with it, though, is like, as, to be real, like, as a queer woman, it seems like a lot, but it's also so realistic to at least my experience. Season two, episode five, I was obsessed with because this is, this is the episode where um, Isabel goes to meet Mari's friends. Yeah. And it's, all queer women and one straight woman <laughs> in this in this scene right and i feel like a lot of people are like oh that's so ridiculous right. and i was like that seems like way more normal than if like mari was the only queer woman in her yeah. friend group you know like so there's so many things that maybe seem different because they're not mainstream media but they are right. real and i
3: you brought up a, po- a point just from the questions i was looking at um about how, like, Cam and Isabel's relationship, it's a platonic, mm-hmm. it's between two queer mm-hmm. women who are platonic, uh, it's a platonic relationship, and it's, I know, it's just so funny to me that that, <laughs> that's, like, a challenging idea.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. We had an entire episode called When Sally Met Sally, basically about, like, can, yeah, <laughs> can queer women be friends, right? right? <laughs> I mean, the conclusion that we came to is obviously yeah. yes. Right. <laughs> But there is this idea that Well,
3: everything's sexualized, right? When it's like not understood or known, it's like, well then it's got all it's, it's gotta be sex all the time. <laughs> Well, maybe female and male, like, uh, like I don't know, it, it is interesting because you flip it and, like, can heterosexual males and heterosexual females be friends? And I, I have a lot less of those friendships in my life, but that's because I think the men F it up.
2: <laughs> well, it's also, it, besides even just, like, what happens in real life, I think also on screen especially because there's so many fewer queer characters that usually you know if you have two queer characters on a show they're there to to date each other you know like you have one and then it's like oh here's the bit character that's going to be brought in to be the romantic other in that whole thing you know that's all there is so yeah it kind of just creates this idea of like how could two queer women possibly be friends
3: and, and similar, it's really interesting. I One of my dearest friends, Cass Bouguet, who's a really talented actor um, in L.A., she is writing a pilot, and she she was saying, like, I want you to play my best friend because, like, it's very possible. It, it is It is realistic that you and I are both half Asian and friends, but when do you ever see two Asian people in a scene when it's not, then that's not the like the whole t- point of the scene. And that's also really cool about Strangers is that, well, one, there are a lot of Asian American women on set, which was rare for me. And two, there were several characters where that was not the topic of the scene and we were just existing. And I was like, this, why does this feel so crazy to me? And I'm like, oh my God, I have never been on a set where the person I'm looking at looks like me and we're talking about not what we look like, and so it's all at once like so benign and radical.
2: Well, what was that like in general? Because I think the behind the scenes of Strangers is pretty female heavy as well.
3: Totally, our DP Hillary uh, Spira is such a badass. Um, the writers' room was like nine people. There was only one uh, one man who was gay, and yeah, I mean just women are token basically.
2: gay man. Gotta have him there.
3: heading most of the departments. And it's just also to be directed by uh, female directors is just, I can't even, I I still haven't found an articulate, concise way to express how game-changing that is to really trust and be trusted and to do intimate scenes knowing that you're going to be looked after. And that's not to say that there aren't male directors out there who are... um, who are great, uh, but just to feel what safety feels like is was is pretty phenomenal.
1: Unfortunately, in, like, in this world that we live in, there is this underlying tension when, especially, like, like you said, when you're doing intimate scenes and that kind of stuff, it just feels much yeah. more comfortable with other women. Also, like, obvi- as a queer woman, obviously more comfortable with other women, <laughs> but you know what I mean.
3: Yeah, well, it's just, like, it's been such a male-dominated industry, I mean, and that male gaze, that lens is so, is so familiar. You don't even really yeah. notice. It's until the alternative is presented that you realize the difference. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're yeah. like always carrying that around and considering it or being reminded of it or it being shoved in your face, but, but to experience the alternative and to, to have certain concerns just completely erased from your mind just allows you to do the work that you want to do so much more pristinely and it's just such a gift to experience that at this age because um you know I'm sure there's been so many people that have just never gotten to work with female directors
1: amazing yeah and and so Mia was the director and she also is the writer correct or just the creator of the series and other people write the scripts Mia has wears all
3: the hats along with Nina Bieber, she was leading the writers' room too, and so she is, uh, yes, the creator, the showrunner, the executive producer, the uh, right one of the writers, um, and directed four of the ten episodes this season.
1: I would love to just speak on you. I mean, you're talking about all these people working behind the scenes, but what what's the most, I guess, striking thing about having a woman write the stories that you're telling? You know, having a woman there telling our own stories. Wow, wow, yeah. There's such. Uh, I think this whole series is
3: led by empathy, and I think listening, which is just to me strike strikes me as two, you know, traits that that women are powerful within. Also, okay, well, talking about like female friendships, I think the exploration of female relationships. No matter what, romantic, non-romantic, familial, non-familial, in this series, just seems so distinctly written by women.
2: What you were saying before too about you know the the it's not like you sit there all the time and say oh this is a male gazy thing until you experience the the contrast between not having it feel that way. I think you can tell when something feels genuine, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes it's small. Like, I, I'm i trying to remember where I would... I just saw someone who was saying, like, when they read a book or, like, a story, and they were like, you know, the number one way that I can tell something was written by a man is if a female character takes, like, a, a full envelope of some important document, puts it in the front pocket of her pants, and then sits down in the scene. And they're like, a man obviously wrote this. Like, come on. (laughs) No, no girl's pockets are that big. Like, that's impossible, you know? And so it is. It's like, sometimes it's the small things that you're just like, right, it just doesn't feel, it doesn't click right, you know? I I
3: also feel like, just in terms of, you know, what we wear, how we look, like, as actresses, it's just, it takes up such a big, part of the brain unfortunately during the process of making something and it's just it's was just so cool to intrinsically know that mia had our backs like that she's gonna make us she's gonna make sure that we feel comfortable first and foremost and mm-hmm. then she's gonna make us look good too and it's gonna yeah. be and because because she uh is a woman, (laughs) and, like, knows how our bodies work, and, like, what, and, I mean, those conversations were so open and fluid, and, um, you know, that never really happens. You're, you know, thrust into, like, a very tight dress.
2: Here you go. We open on a close-up of your ass, and,
1: uh... (laughs) Well, yeah, and I think even, like, in the last episode that I watched, you were wearing, uh, like, overalls and a long sleeve shirt, Right? Like, every part of your body was covered, but, like, you still look great. Like, it's like, yeah, you're comfortable, yeah. but it's, like, obvious, like, it's still flattering on your body. Yeah,
3: yeah. And it's just um, yeah. her attention to detail is really special. Her power is so female to me in, um, in like, the best sense of it. Like, and she she's such a powerhouse, and this show could only have ever been created by her. I also just want to say like as a 31- year- old gay woman, to have her own show at this level is so incredible and unheard of and demands such like self-confidence and determination and ferocity. Yeah, I'm really proud of her, and just I feel very lucky to be a part of this experience.
1: We're proud of her, too. We're proud of both of them. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, I do want to go back a little bit further, because you were talking about positive representation of female friendships, and I think it's really important to note that positive doesn't necessarily mean painted with a rose-colored brush. Isabel and Cam, they're best friends, but they fight. Like, they deal with things. They're they're honest with each other.
2: Thanks to Alicia Haley, they deal with this. <laughs> cough cough shout out
3: as an actor like i just hope for a few seconds of real life that i can can help make on screen it is really exciting to me to watch cam and isabel negotiate their long friendship because it it's shifting it's like every like mm-hmm. my friendship with mia like we are in very different places than we were 5 years ago emotionally politically socially like physically And there needs to be a real flexibility, I think, in all relationships that you want to take with you. And I mean, this has been a huge learning curve for us to work with your best friend of 28 plus years on a project where the stakes are so high for you both. I mean, it's been a career defining project for both of us. And the pressure that comes with that most friendships don't have to hold. And so we have learned a lot about how to stay honest and real and supportive and safe with each other. And I think that that's reflected a lot in Isabel and Cam's relationship. There's bouts of selfishness. There's bouts of tone deafness. There's bouts of, you know, like your best friend, like navigates all your mistakes too. And so
2: frequently making them with you.
3: Yes, totally. Such Not nice. wanting to enable, wanting to support, but also like, yeah, you know, yeah. so it's, um, I think that's one of the most important aspects of the show is, is Isabel's relationship with Cam.
2: On the complete opposite side of that, I mean, obviously you have you and Mia who have known each other for so long. You also work with a lot of different guests on the show. You frequently getting to make out with them. <laughs> oh,
3: all of them. <laughs> you, yeah. By the uh, end of season two, I was just like, I don't know what my like, I forgot what lips are supposed to do. Like or like other things that lips do. I was just like, they just yeah. kiss everybody.
2: So who who would you say is was one of your favorite guests to work with?
3: Steven Henderson is such a badass actor. It's incredible that we we got to that he graced us with his his um talents and humanness uh oh gosh who anyone in sp- specifically that you're thinking about I mean Jemima Kirk is badass uh Jemaine Clement of uh our pilot also like X Mayo who, like the people that play like my best friends X Mayo is just she plays Robbie she it's incredible to be in like makeup trailer with her every day and be like this person is about to get so famous <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's like not even a little bit like deterred she's just like I'm ready I've been ready forever yeah. <laughs> but she's also like a, an, an incredibly brilliant passionate and real person too anyone you're you're thinking about
2: I could have a hunch as to who was who was Ellie's favorite
1: I just was so – when I watched the first season, I binged it all in, like, one night, to be real. When I got to Leisha Haley's episode, I was just like – Did you you die? (laughs) Shout out to the L word. I'm sold. I mean, iconic. (laughs) It was, like – Iconic. It
3: really was hard to play it cool around her because she is the coolest. And, um, yeah, to lend, like, that history to this show felt Mm -hmm. really important. She's also hilarious and so good in that episode. (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah that episode was brilliant yeah i was so sad when it was over because i was like wait she needs to be in more episodes i know know, she really needs to be a
3: series regular
1: (laughs)
2: yeah Yeah. let's bring her back she also moved to new york and uh i need more therapy
3: yeah
1: i wanted her and cam to like get married
3: totally totally (laughs) that's what cam wanted that's what we all wanted we really dropped the ball
1: well, and I'm sure, I mean, for any
2: queer fans of the show, I'm sure that sh- that was just like this shining beacon moment of like, oh my god, because I know, as soon as her face popped up on my screen, I was like, you know, you like sit up all of a sudden, like, just so, what? Yeah! Um, <laughs> oh my god, so yeah, absolutely. While I'm talking about queer fans, I mean, not that we're we're biased or anything, uh, but we always find like queer fans are like the best fans of everything ever.
3: Seriously, uh, <laughs> the most loyal articulate, <laughs> like, emotionally supportive of fans yeah. that have ever walked the, the earth.
2: <laughs> we, we were curious, have you had, like, specific experiences, like, since taking on a role like this? Like, any experiences with fans that have really, like, stuck out or really resonated with you?
3: I mean, I get these DMs. <laughs> People are sliding into my DMs. <laughs> and I screenshot a lot of what Strangers fans say because it's, like, some of the nicest things I've ever heard in my entire life. What's really cool is it's happening in New York. Like, I'm walking. It happened in L.A. Like, people will stop and say, hey, like, I was just spending, like, all of last week with you. And I think the most meaningful moments are just the young Asian-American women coming up to me being like, I am... You know whatever variation Asian and I am by and to see myself on screen through you is just so gratifying and I'm like ah oh, thank you thank you for watching and finding us and like and also thank you universe for
1: letting me do it
2: <laughs> thank <Yes>. you 2018 being <laughs> being be such a year
1: 2018 <laughs> yes. yes um I feel like we have been talking about this throughout but. What were the biggest differences between season one and season two for you?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I, I've i heard Mia describe it differently, but, like, for me, season one is sort of, like, more of an incubation for Isabel. Like, she's in L.A. She has her job. She has a, like, sh- there's stability there, but it's about to be broken. And she's aware, there's, like, the panicking and, and anxiety of knowing change needs to happen, and not sure, she's not sure how to make it happen, Um, but everybody comes to her, and we are in her home, and in her familiar land, and then I think she starts to initiate some changes, and that takes us into season two, where it's really Isabel meeting the world, and going out, and seeking adventure, and experience, and humans. Yeah, and I think... L.A. and New York are very different playgrounds, too, that sort of uh, support that narrative.
0: Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Yeah. What about you as Zoe? What has been, like, the biggest shift from last season to this season?
3: Oh, my God. It's been, like, a 180. I was really terrified when we did season one. I think a lot of us were. It was also a much smaller budget. Um it started the pilot was shot through AFI Women's Workshop directing workshop it was then taken to Refinery 29 who produced the first season and and it was the most money we had ever seen but to shoot a, a whole season we had to really make it stretch. And so we did like six episodes in under in like 3 weeks and it was the first time, mm-hmm. um, just a lot of first times. And I had never, I've I've carried plays before, but I'd never carried like a, seas- a TV season. And there are responsibilities off screen and on screen that you can't really anticipate until you're in it. It was like the best grad school I could ask for. And so just walking on season two, I just, I knew how to prep for it in a way that like I hadn't before. And I've also worked a bunch since season one. And so just to be, I'm very comfortable on stage. That's what I did for a very long time. And so to now, to start feeling that comfort on set is really cool. Yeah. And it just, it allows you to just do better work when you trust yourself. And I think also me and I figured out a way to like, okay, we're like, we did season one. We did it. We know how to work together now. It was a much better bigger scale production this round. And we had some really extraordinary people working on this show, like veterans of the industry who lent us their talent and advice and expertise and were so really grounded this season for me and for, for me, I know. So it, it just felt like 2.0, Strangers 2.0. And now, you know, it's it, it went from seven episodes that all varied in length to ten episodes that are a half hour. It's a half hour TV show. So um, it was a 10 and a half week shoot and my skin broke out like crazy because it had never (laughs) worn that much makeup for so long. Um, I like didn't really poop for the entire 10 and a half weeks um it happens sometimes I like you know couldn't find time that's, to a,
2: that's a long time it
3: really time. I think it I had like moved things like four times in 10 and a half weeks it was <laughs> sorry this is disgusting but
2: we're, it, we're gonna recommend for our listeners see a doctor if you go 10 and a half weeks yeah right <laughs>
1: We're happy you're okay.
3: A lot of things <laughs> that like I felt prepared for and unprepared for um, but it overall it felt like a much more like we had harnessed some power and like that we we were like, let's do this
2: yeah uh, so tell us a little bit about what's what's next now we've you've, you've survived season one, you've survived season two uh with you know possibly some internal damage. Uh, what's, what's coming up is season three. Is there anything more in the works?
3: Gosh, we hope, like we don't know. Um, we really, really hope that there is a season three. I I think it's all contingent on like people watching and spreading the word. It seems like the show is really word of mouth. And once again, queer fans are coming through. So yeah, I just, I, fingers crossed there will be a season three because we have, we learned so much with season one, season two, and we'd love to apply what we learned yeah. to season three. And just, like, so many more stories to get into.
2: So there's there's the call to action. Everyone's got to get watching.
3: <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> um, and then I have a, a movie coming out in 2019. It's called Where'd You Go, Bernadette? It was It's uh, Richard Linklater's new movie starring uh, Cate Blanchett, Kristen Wiig, Billy Crudup, um, Judy Greer and myself.
2: What? You lost us at Kate Blanchett, and then uh,
3: I lost myself yeah. at Kate Blanchett.
1: <laughs> I feel like we're like wrapping this up, but super quickly. What was it like to work with Kate Blanchett? Because come on. And can we have her number?
3: What? Yeah, right. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I I would love to. Well, what's funny about Kate is that she just kind of she probably doesn't like this but she levels the playing field in the sense that like she's so otherworldly that like everybody else was like commoners compared to her so like I was really the only time I was nervous was around Kate but like (laughs) 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 um but she is she's just the incredible most incredible person and actor and and um if someone had said like could you who would you love to be in a rehearsal room with for a month leading up to production? I don't know if I'd even know to reach that high because she is, I think she is one of the most important female actors out there right now. And um, God, I i mean, I could go on and on about the films that she's done and the roles that she's played that have influenced me. But we don't have much more time.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> But that's amazing! Like, yeah, that's congratulations on that. We're excited to see that movie.
3: Thank you, thank you. It's also a great book. Maria Semple wrote it, um, and yeah, it's a really quick, fun read.
1: Very cool. I think it's timely. Okay, I'm gonna
2: I'm gonna move us into the last segment of what we're gonna do on this uh, interview with you. And so this is a segment that we call Q and Gay. Q, Q. 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 and, and. And if you've never listened to the show before, q and Gay, they're um, just basic questions that we're going to ask you, but we also put them up on our Twitter so that our listeners can answer them as well. Nay. So, I will start us off with question one, LA or New York?
3: New York. Sorry,
2: Lee. Hey,
1: hey, hey. <laughs> West Coast, best coast. <laughs> All right. Number two is, have you ever rented an Airbnb before? Yes or no?
3: Yes. Am I supposed to expand on these or just answer them?
1: Um, You can expand if you want. Have you had any interesting Airbnb experiences? Actually, I've had
3: just overall really powerful. uh, Not powerful. (laughs) I've had really meaningful (laughs) Airbnbs. No, uh, positive. That's the P word I meant. I've had...
2: I found myself in an Airbnb. Number three, where is your dream getaway with a romantic partner? And I have four options. The beach, the mountains... Camping or a staycation.
3: The mountains camping.
2: (laughs) Okay, we're combining. Yeah,
3: like in the mountains, you need to play. You need to stay somewhere. Thus, the camp. You could
2: have like a cabin.
3: Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, mountains, and then I guess second would be camping.
2: Okay, really, camping, romantic getaway, camping. It's fine. It's your answer. You own it. You. (laughs) I'm I'm judging your answer. It's It's fine. Wait, what
3: is your answer?
2: I don't know. I guess I would say the beach cuz you're like in little like bathing suits and it's Yeah, hot I'm calling, I would say sweaty. the beach too.
1: I'm
3: oh my gosh. Well, do you know what I realized is that I I'm more of a mountain person because I don't know mm. why. I mean, I'm from Rhode Island, so the, we we got the ocean, but I like the ocean too. I just really I feel more things in the mountains.
1: Um so this is this is not out of nowhere for anyone who has not seen the show. <laughs> um There is an episode where Isabel gets walked in on in the shower with uh what's haley with haley yeah, yes, so the question is, <laughs> have you ever been walked in on while you were with a partner? You don't need to expand just a yes <laughs> or no unless you want to yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's it that's it, we're not expanding.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna no, I'll expand. The science museum.
2: Children's like, science So that's my badge. Oh, the Children's science museum. I know that's badge. really my badge. <laughs> what about you, Ellie? Have you ever been walked in on? I don't think so. Really? Not even
1: in college? Oh, Wait, yes, no, I totally have. Sorry. <laughs> Come I totally on. Have. I don't know if this really counts, but It was in a car, in a parking lot, and somebody literally got into the car next to us. I was like, hey Uh, guys! I had a college roommate
2: uh, walk in, like, came back, she was supposed to be in class and her class got canceled, and she, like, came back to the room when she wasn't supposed to be there. And, uh, And my favorite part is she walks in, very obviously, like, walks in on us and, like, is like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, leaves, right? Leaves, closes the door. 30 seconds later walks back in again without knocking to go I'm so sorry I forgot a book I needed I'm so sorry oh my god like, why would you
1: walk back in and not
2: knock at least why like, didn't you know she internet. knock
1: yeah. oh my well one time I actually walked in on someone else I, I had a roommate and I this is I was your roommate <laughs> I, I literally I was so tired I wanted to go to sleep And so I went into my room and I was like, I need to sleep. I saw them and I literally didn't say anything, just walked by and got in my bed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that Well done. Oh, well wow. done, Ellie. Yeah, that was rough. I shouldn't uh. have done that, but But you needed to sleep. I was so tired. I didn't even care. I was like, do what you would do what you need to do, but <laughs> also no like beer. it's such okay.
3: a weird concept. Let let's throw two random people into a room to live right. for a year and like at the height of like sexual exploration or yeah. you know, and then like not that I mean that's just
2: while your hormones are up to you. Yeah. let's just yeah. It's okay. not good. It's right. not good. So on that note, question five: <laughs> uh, What is the longest best friendship you've ever had? And again, we have options: uh, one year, one to five years, five to ten years, or your whole life.
3: My whole life.
2: There you go. So from cute. from old three year old to now.
3: Yes. <laughs> And I just wanted to know really quickly, how, how are you guys friends? What's your story?
2: Oh, you want to tell the story, Lee? I do. So we actually met, uh, Ellie and I both do acapella, and we met at an acapella convention that takes place in uh, Berkeley in the Bay Area uh, so so we met what's funny is we met one year at an acapella convention where we immediately bonded over um, being gay being gay <laughs> yeah I mean uh, basically but but really they had there was a they, we have a lot of high school groups that come and perform at the fe- at the festival and one of the high school groups had these little high schoolers in it like female groups um, and they had two that were like so obviously, whether baby they gaze. whether they knew it or not yet, they're little baby gays, and we like immediately were like, "Oh my god, I want to take them home and like just like cuddle them. They're so tiny and cute." Uh, and so then we immediately realized,
1: like, "Oh, this is we have this is a thing. This yeah, is yeah." And then we pretty much just I feel like we we would text all the time about gay things, yes. and then we were like, "Hey, why don't we take this conversation on the road?" You know? <laughs> Amazing. That's now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's something a little interesting. Um,
3: I, I did a cappella for seven years.
2: <sighs> what? Oh, really? Oh, my God. Let's do it. We're starting a band, you guys. It's Actually, <laughs>
3: more than seven years because I did, so three years in college, three years in high school, and one year in middle school.
2: <laughs> Who did you sing with in college?
3: Uh, they were called the Chatter Talks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, were the, uh, they are the, all, the oldest all-female Brown University acapella group and my sister so cool. my younger sister was a chatter talk too <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: my god it's in the family that's amazing i love it i love it so much
3: my acapella roots are deep
1: i love acapella <laughs> we also we do episodes called should have been gays uh, where we talk about Things That Should Have Been Gay. Yes. And probably our most popular episode to date was the one that we did for Pitch Perfect. Heads up on that one. That great. Was great.
2: Small world acapella. I love it. I love, I love it. it. I love it so much.
1: Same. Thanks for hanging
3: out.
1: Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for talking to us. It was amazing. And remember, you can give us your own answers to this episode's q and Gay questions on our Twitter at leshangoutpod. Pod. And Zoe, if people want to find you, where can they find you online? Totally. Um, uh, my
3: Instagram handle is zchao, Z-C-H-A-O.
1: And before you go, we do want to let everyone know that Zoe will be taking over our Instagram the same day that this episode is released. So make sure you follow us on Instagram at leshangoutpod and follow Zoe at zchao for that Instagram story takeover. And thank
2: you so much for joining. This was awesome.
1: And now it's time for Hip, Hip, We're Gay. Let me hear you say hip, 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 we're gay.
2: Just a reminder, we love hearing from all of you. Uh, We love getting your emails. We love, you know, seeing your tweets and your comments on Instagram. Uh, So we just want to shout out some of
1: our favorite things that have been going on lately. And for us, if any of you follow us on Twitter, we had a pretty wild (laughs) week with our uh, season two promo. But we really wanted to thank everyone who retweeted and shared our tweet about Twitter censoring us. We got over a thousand retweets and Twitter finally, it was crazy. The support was incredible. Twitter sucks, but you guys are amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So we just wanted to say thank you and to let you know that Twitter did finally let us run our ad after all of the commotion. Well, you
2: can't see us, we're both rolling our eyes, yeah. but they, they did kind of give in. Um, and I think it's just, it's a good example of when, you know, kind of making some noise can make a difference. So we appreciate everyone who helped uh, support us and who got the word out about that. Um, also, we want to shout out again, our top tier Lesbian Jesus patrons. So shouting out Amy and Ellen, Kayla Kelly, and Lizette Sty. Thank
1: you guys. And remember, you can find us on all the social medias at Les Hangout Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.
2: You can send us an email at leshangoutpod at
1: gmail.com. Or you can check out our website at leshangoutpod.com.
2: And make sure that
1: you subscribe so you'll be the first to know when there's new episodes coming out. And we're also going to be posting every Wednesday on our YouTube channel this season, which we're really excited about. Our first video of season two out this week. So make sure you subscribe at YouTube.com slash woohoo
2: You can support the podcast in a bunch of different ways. If you want to become a patron supporter, you can check us out on bit.ly slash Les Patreon. We are super excited about season two and we're really trying to get our Patreon numbers up. If you become a Patreon before September 17th, you will be entered in a
1: drawing to be featured in a Season 2 episode. And if you want to show your support and get some merch, you can find us on bit.ly slash Shop. If you want to follow us
2: individually, the best place to find me is on Instagram and on Twitter at LSH Foster.
1: And the best place to find me is on Instagram and Twitter at Ellie Brigida. And with that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's. Hang out. Out,